What's up, everyone, and welcome back to the Saint Podcast. This week, me and Alex decided to rewatch the lovely film Tenet with subtitles. Yes, you need with, the subtitles. Please watch it with subtitles. Let's get into it. So, Tenant, initial thoughts. Uh, what, let's actually, before we jump into it, so specifically, okay. this is our second time watching Tenet. Yeah, we should clarify. Uh, the first time we saw Tenet, we saw it in theaters. Please don't judge us. Uh, no, nah, go ahead. I don't care. No, I, yeah. <laughs> I don't care. Judge me. Theater, um, theaters were open. We were the only people in the movie theater. It was very safe. We wore masks the whole time. Anyway. We did see it in theaters first. We also had a burrito and it was real good. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, back to the movie. Uh, So we saw it in theater. It was basically like opening weekend, matinee, whatever. Yeah. What were your initial thoughts of (laughs) Tenet? Okay, so after watching it in theaters first, I was like, I feel like this happens with every Christopher Nolan movie I watch. I was like, I have no clue what the heck just happened. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, it was pretty. <laughs> but was I don't pretty. know what happened. <laughs> yeah. So what were your initial thoughts at first time in theaters? Um. Okay, so I'm a big Christopher Nolan fan. Yeah. He's like a huge inspiration across the board, as he is for probably most amateur filmmakers mm-hmm. and creatives but um and I, that's uh, but i it wasn't my favorite it yeah. was probably my least favorite nolan movie um coming out of the theater the first time around right i it was it all came down to like the sound mixing dude i don't know what like, it is the sound mixing like is Oh. It. I don't know if the theaters just aren't capable, but then at the same time, I've sat through. I, I saw Inception in the theaters. I saw. So I don't know. So Inception it, was another movie where I was like, I don't know what happened. But well, no, 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 no. But we're talking about like just basic sound mixing, right? So right. we're talking about like, I can hear what they're saying. I know what Leonardo DiCaprio is saying is in, in Inception because it's mixed right. Yeah. I couldn't tell you what. John, John David Washington was saying half the time, half the time, yeah. first time around. Um, so then. I think I have a lot of pros for this movie. I think this movie is spectacular on like a on like the creative level. Well, OK, but like I still think, though, in order to appreciate its spectacularness, you need to watch it with subtitles on, which yeah. is really unfortunate. And so, so that's what we did. We watched it our second time viewing it. We it's you can rent it on Amazon now. It's like six bucks. Yeah. And turn on the subtitles. It yeah. changes everything. The movie infinitely becomes better. Yeah, <laughs> I it think. really was better the second time around. <laughs> I enjoyed it a lot more. I also think it helped like because we had seen it once, so we already saw a lot of the imagery, and then getting it to actually see the imagery again with words was really, really made a huge difference in like a lot of the motifs and the themes and the foreshadowing and things like that, that Nolan does really well, in my mm-hmm. opinion. So 
I really liked the movie the second time around. The first time around was hot garbage. The second time around, though, I was like, oh, this is really good. But I also think that, like, like I said, that happens with every Nolan movie I've ever watched. Really? Yeah, like Inception, I was like, hmm. And then the second time I saw it, I was like, oh. Same thing with The Prestige, which is, like, one of my favorite movies of all time now. The first time I watched it, I was like, I don't, like, what mm-hmm. the heck happened? And then, And then I watched it again, and now I've seen it, like, 20 times and I'm like this is the best movie ever so I think it was interesting too because my introduction to Christopher Nolan movies was The Dark Knight yeah Uh, and that wasn't mine and that that was definitely mine and I remember losing my mind over it in the theaters because I was like there's a fourth act like the whole the whole everything with um two-face at the end Mm -hmm. I was like I was like I didn't think we were that was coming in there's like four acts in this movie Interstellar, funny enough, was actually my least favorite Nolan movie for a long time. I thought it was too long. And I don't know if it was because I went into the theater just completely tired or if it was like, if it's just too long. Yeah. But second time watching it, I love it. I love Interstellar. I I really like it. I think that that is what Nolan does really well is that he gives his movies a lot of rewatch value by making them very intricate and detailed and so you watch it the first time and you kind of have to go hmm and like mm-hmm. make turns it into a head scratcher and then you watch it a second time around and you're like oh yeah. like there was like every single shot every single little piece of information every little single breadcrumb that was thrown at you was there for a reason mm-hmm. and like when you get to pick it up the second time around you just like oh this this film is magic so not saying Tenant's magic. I don't think it's my favorite Nolan film I think or least favorite, but. Yeah, after coming off of like the second time around, it's definitely still not my favorite. Yeah. Um, And I think it suffers. Um, For some reasons we'll talk about. We'll get, yeah. Um, but do you want to talk about prose first? I want to talk about prose. Okay. Because I think this movie absolutely is a masterpiece on like the creative level mm-hmm. um on like the 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 visual effects of everything moving backwards to the choreography yeah. when they're like fight fighting forwards and backwards Dude. and you have like your actors doing these inhuman looking things and it's not something you normally would see in an action movie yeah and it doesn't look fake Like, I am a sucker for a good fight scene. You know that about me. Mm -hmm. Uh, I love a good fight scene. And if it looks fake or if it looks too scripted, like, I don't know how to describe it. But, like, the fight scenes in this movie were really good. And then, like, seeing people, like, flip backwards and, like, the way that they're not supposed to Mm -hmm. or, like, you know, defy gravity because they're moving backwards through time or one of them is moving backwards through time. Like, um. It's really interesting. And it was it was cool to watch. So Yeah, I, I've I've always said Nolan excels at practical effects. Because yeah. uh, one of like my, my favorite fight scenes was from Inception. It's that hallway fight scene. Oh where you yeah. Have Joseph Gordon Levitt flipping off of walls and stuff. Yeah. It's because they built a, a hallway. Or and they <laughs> and, rotated it. And they spun a hallway. Like that's like who does that? Yeah. Um the music in this movie, it's not Hans Zimmer. 
Which is who you, Nolan it's, usually it's works the, with, right? Yeah, he's yeah. the go-to for, mm, I think, all of them. This is, like, the only one I can think of that Hans Zimmer didn't do the music for. I know. I still loved it. <laughs> it was good. The like I was vibing in the theaters, too. That yeah. was, like, my favorite part. I couldn't understand what was going on. But the music who was, was dope. saying what? <laughs> but the music, <laughs> the music got me vibing. <laughs> yeah, it is really good. And the way that they use like the strings to build tension mm-hmm. in certain parts is really interesting. But yeah, I'm trying to think of other things that like people would know that Hans Zimmer has done besides. Oh, the Lion King. Oh yeah, so like <laughs> the Lion King composer usually does Nolan movies. Fun yeah. fact. He's done every. He's done a lot of. A lot of things. I mean, yeah, he he's, did yeah. Man of Steel soundtrack. Right. Um, every Nolan movie. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of something that isn't Christopher Nolan that he's done that isn't Lion King. Are you going to pull it up? I might just Google it. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, it, it always works. He's the he's the John Williams to Spielberg, like him. And yeah. Nolan. Yeah. Oh, he's done a lot. Oh, yeah. Gladiator, Brain Man, Dunkirk. Oh, that's a that's, that's a Nolan, Nolan movie. movie. Um, did you see Dunkirk? I did see Dunkirk. I really like that. One. That movie's really that's good. That's a too. special movie. Yeah, he said Pirates of the Caribbean. He did Wonder Woman 1984. Did he really? Oh man. Ooh. <laughs> oh no. No wait. I he think, did the new Dune too. I think he. Yeah, he's done. He did Dune, and I think that's why he didn't do um, this movie. I didn't, it's why he didn't do Tenet. Oh, because he was doing Dune. Because he did Dune. And sense. I think he gets a credit for Wonder Woman 1984 because I think he wrote... A song? Yeah, Wonder Woman's okay. theme. Oh, that makes a lot of <laughs> yeah, sense. Yeah, he did okay. Wonder Woman's theme. All right. Okay, other pros I think include... Um, uh, what the heck is his name? The guy that plays the bad guy, Andre Sater. What is his name? Kenneth Branagh. Kenneth Branagh plays a really good bad guy. He does. He is really He's, scary. Like, there's really nothing, like, I mean, Kenneth Branagh, like, I mean, we talked a little during the movie, but it was like, our introduction <laughs> to him was Gilderoy Lockhart. Yeah, so the guy that plays Andre Sater plays Gilderoy Lockhart in Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. So, like, just put those two people side by side in your brain for a moment. And then go, oh, my God, he has the range. Yeah. Like. <laughs> he has the range to, like, be a, a pompous asshole and then kick a woman in the face. Yeah. Because he genuinely hates her. Right. Oh, my God. So good. He is. I think he really is what makes the movie for me. Because, like, when we get into the cons, I'll talk about how I did not like John David Washington's. I like him better the second time. But we'll get there. Anyway. Uh, I didn't like John David Washington's acting. But um, Kenneth Branagh, like, is captivating as Mm. a villain, I think. And I think that the way that that villain was written is really complex and really um, just, like, you kind of really don't know what he's doing, but you want to see where he's going. Mm -hmm. And then, like, you also wonder, like, I I just thought that character was, I think, my favorite character, besides maybe Robert Pattinson's character. I think Robert Pattinson. Neil, I think, is his name. Yeah, Neil Neil is my favorite character. Because he's so I just I love Robert Pattinson. Yeah. Like he's he's also from Harry Potter, Cedric Diggory. You know you you might know him from things like 
Twilight. Well, yeah, Edward Cullen. <laughs> the Lighthouse. Ooh, good movie. So, like, uh, yeah, me, shut up. The Lighthouse is a wild movie. If you haven't seen that movie, don't bother. It's fine. But no, no, are you kidding me? Oh, the it's I, so weird. I love The Lighthouse. We'll do. We'll do it. We'll stay tuned for another episode. Anyway. Wait. Whoa. 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 Okay. We're, anyway, we're watching The Lighthouse. Anyway, you can't make promises like that on a podcast. Anyway, <laughs> we like um, Neil's character is also really interesting because like a lot of the foreshadowing that um, happens like happens with him because like our theory is um, is that like oh, it's so hard to explain because time travel is so interesting. Well, let's let's save the uh, the time travel explanations. <laughs> Yeah, because well, I, I I have a fun little segment I'm going to ask you to do at the end of this. Okay. Uh, once we get through our pros and cons. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. Well, I think my pro is just that, like, I think Neil is a really interesting character because he doesn't give away too much. He doesn't, we don't still really don't know where he comes from, even though we have, like, theories about where he's come yeah. from. And, like, we, his relationship with the protagonist is really fun and like brings that levity that I think the movie needs at some parts. I real yeah, he changes the dynamic and tone of the movie. I think completely completely yeah. yeah. Like it, from like the beginning of the film in the opera house really sets the tone. Um you get uh the protagonists which is a dope name. I hated it the first time. Yeah, the second time around it's The second time around he's like I'm the protagonist and I'm like hell yeah he is. Um but the protagonist it saves everybody, and that's to save the cat, and that's why you're supposed to like him. Like, yeah. pretty cliche. Um, when they're together, John David Washington and uh, Robert Pattinson mm-hmm. changes. Like they they work really well together. Yeah, like their initial <laughs> scene in the movie when um, he's in India, and like mm-hmm. he just comes down and sits down next to him, and that whole exchange is so good. Yeah. When they're describing how they're going to crash an airplane into oh my God, so the, uh, the art gallery. Yeah, he's like, just let, let me, hold on. Let me just like, it's not going to be like a big crash, you it's know? Not just, gonna, he's like, it's not going to be dramatic. Yeah. It's going to be a little dramatic. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's, it's really good. Um, I'm trying to think of other pros. Because the cons, I have many cons. I have. Just, but they're just mainly questions. <laughs> like, I... I think the cinematography is a good pro in this movie. Well, yeah, Nolan's N- amazing. Nolan, Nolan. Next. Okay, so are we going into cons? I kind of... <laughs> okay, let's... Um, <laughs> There's so many questions I have. <laughs> the, I think the biggest problem with this film, and I, this is after watching it twice. I know. And like, thinking about it for a very long time. And the pro- I think the major problem with this movie is it falls on the script. I oh think, my god! I think, I think the script is there are, probably it's just not it's not all there. There are <laughs> moments where the writing is beautiful. Yeah, there are moments where there are exchanges between characters, like we said, with Neil and mm-hmm. the protagonist, I, where they're great. Uh, the first time around, I hated it. Uh, second time around, I actually liked it. Uh, the scene with the protagonist and Michael Caine's character. I loved oh, yeah. it. I loved it the second time. I around. liked it better the second time around too. Yeah. Um, First the, time around, I was like, "Are they even in the same room together?" Yeah. Like, right. 
It was weird. Like, what's with this editing? Yeah, because like, it goes like face, 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 And you don't know face. what they're saying, and you're yeah. just kind of like, what's happening? Right. But there are parts where I'm like, who wrote this? A teenager? Yeah. The part where he's in, where the protagonist is with the scientist, and he's learning about inverted items for the first time, and he's shooting the gun, and then he goes, why does it feel so weird? Like, it feels weird because it's... Going into the gun, you yeah. idiot. Like, yeah, you're what? Catching, yeah, like, it's, it's like, and it's, she's, and like, the, the, ooh, it's, it's it, like, it a irritates str- me. It's a strange exchange. So, that whole bit with the, the scientist and the protagonist, and it's, they're both at this point in the film, they're both very one dimensional characters, Ugh, yeah, interacting with one another. And by one, di- bar- one dimensional is definitely a generous thing. To say about these characters, because well, like they're almost less than that at this point in the film. Like, well, the scientist like, is only but, there to introduce, but the way it's, the inverted material, the way it's written, and the way they come across, it's glorified stick figures standing yeah, there talking. It really is. Um, I like. I don't know, and that that's another issue. It's um. By the end of the movie, there are like three characters that have been fleshed out. Right. And it takes almost the entire movie for that third person to be the main character. The protagonist. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what that's what the main character is. Shut up. <laughs> um I just like what- it but like it like Andre has a great like he's fleshed out and Neil is fleshed out. Uh Blinking on the wife's name. Cat. Cat. Cat's not. And oh my she's, god. She's a really big character in this movie, and her whole purpose is her son. Is the son? I know. And I'm which like, like, I didn't catch the first time around, but the second time around, I was like, oh, everything is about her kid. Yeah. Who like we don't even know his name. We probably have learned his name, but I don't remember it. Uh, Neil. Yeah. Well, anyway. <laughs> so like, but let me go back to the scientist thing because yeah. It that like that whole scene bothers me because the vibe is so strange in that room. She's like, they're both too nonchalant for the kind of conversation that they're having. Like they're both very much like, yeah, well, you know, it's inverted bullets, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, hmm, interesting. Why does it feel so weird? And she's like, yeah, well, goes back into the gun. Here's all of these other inverted items. And he's like, hmm. And it feels like it's trying to be this James Bondy, you know, like, Q James Bond like yeah. thing, you know what I'm saying? Like some sort of weird like like James Bond exchange, but it's so lax. Mm. And it's so just like ask a question, answer the question, ask a question, answer the question, which I think was a conscious choice and just don't think it worked well, but they also did it again later when he's talking to the Indian arms dealer lady for yeah. the second time, not the first time, but the second time when he meets her again and he's like He's like, oh, like, I want to learn about the algorithm. I know about the algorithm. And she's like, oh, yeah, well, like, I knew about that from the beginning. And then he's like, why didn't you tell me? And she's like, meh. And it's just like, <laughs> it, like, it's, it's so, it's such a strange, it's just a strange conversation. And I think that mm-hmm. writing is weird. I think the lack of depth in the wife is weird because she's an interesting character. She's a art curator. She, like, um, She's smart. She is very and she has poised, a son. and she had and she has a kid, and that's all you freaking and care it. about. And that's it. And, and the reason why oh, I have so many things. The reason why 
Andre's mad at her is because he bought, like, this is my understanding. The reason why he's mad at her, or the reason why they're estranged, is because he bought a forged art piece from her that she said wasn't fake because she thought it wasn't fake and then realized it was fake. And then he found out it was fake. And then he got mad because he was like, I could go to jail, right? For like buying this fake thing. And so that's why they're estranged. No. So they're estranged because um, her friend sold him the fake. And she authenticated it. So he but thought, she said no, no, that hold on. So he thought that she was trying to <laughs> sabotage, sabotage it. it and like steal money from it. And that's why she like the cops weren't for him. The cops were for her. Right. And that's used like, I'm going to like turn you in for trying to scam me. But didn't she say at one point she was like, I thought it was real. Yeah, she probably thought it was. In whatever she like honestly she probably it probably was real and her friend did try to scam yeah andre it was just too convoluted of a reason for them to be estranged just be like we fell out of love like that's just an easier less strange way for us to know <laughs> or why they're not together we're estranged because you're an arms dealer right because you're just a piece of shit <laughs> you're human. a bad guy yeah so that was a thing uh, like also, ooh, so many other things bother me. The fact that like Andre is just the chosen one to receive things from the future. And I know it's because, I know it's because he was like, quote unquote, in the right place at the right time during the like nuclear whatever in so, Stalsk 12. So I so I I think I caught this on the second time around. Okay. I think Andre gave him the like his the future Andre gave him the piece. Oh no! Because no, there's, there's a shot like when he like opens up, like when they're like flashing through Andre's like pass. It's and, oh, it's the same thing that he gets from. Well, he like opens it up and it says like Andre right, right, so right. and so on the inside, and so I'm like, oh, like it's him giving it to himself. Well, no, but he says they're like, how, how come, like, the protagonist is like, how come, see, this is why, this is why this movie is confusing. The protagonist is like, how come you were, like, the chosen one? And he was like, oh, I was just in the right place at the right time. Like, and that, and they flash to him, like, opening, opening the up. thing. And, and, I know, it, and I know it says his name, and I know it has the bars of gold. And so I'm trying to say, like, are you saying later when he opens up the other thing and it has the bars of gold? Like, that's mm-hmm. him sending it back to himself? Maybe. I figured, eh, I figured that like he, uh, and this is the problem. Yeah. This is the, this is the problem with the movie. It's convoluted and it's, it's my problem with time travel. Right. Time it's, travel just as a trope. Time travel is very convoluted. Yeah. And it just, it wasn't very clear about how he became the person to end the world. Also, how he ends the world doesn't make any freaking sense still because I think it does. No, it doesn't make sense (laughs) because they're like, you need to put this machine in this hole. And then when you put the machine in the hole and the bomb goes off and you die, then the world ends. And I'm like, how does his death trigger the end of the world along with 
the machine that they call an algorithm and an algorithm is just another word for a math problem well, but i mean a milky way is a galaxy and also a candy bar so I whatever don't i don't know whatever <laughs> call it something else make a up a name a name's a name no make up a name for it don't call it because they're like the algorithm the algorithm and i'm like it's a box it looks like a like a bop it like you know what i'm talking about it, it looks, looks like, like a fidget toy i i get it <laughs> but a name's a name whatever <laughs> a name is you can name anything anything and so i didn't understand like why or like how his death maybe you could explain it like how is his death tied to the algorithm machine box thing so his so he has cancer and is dying right and so his whole thing was basically like oh i'm gonna die and then take the world with me but how how? <laughs> Answer me. No, I think by blowing up the uh, the algorithm. Is that what would have happened? It blew up? Yeah, it would have. See, like, like, I don't know what would have happened if they hadn't done the thing they needed to do. Yeah. That's what I don't understand. I, 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 think, I think by blowing up the algorithm, they erase time itself. I, and that was... Well, right. Like, time collapses in on itself because the algorithm... Which is like the key to everything. Oh my god! Sent from the past, or sent from the future to the past, and ties all of these events together. Disappears, thus erasing everything. Dude. If I'm wrong, please let us know. Let me know because after the second time around, I do agree it is very, very confusing, and I feel like I'd have to watch the movie like five times to I think understand the ending. Yeah. And like the the big baddie consequence. I don't, because I get that it's like, yeah, if we don't do this, time's going to collapse. But like, I just don't understand how. <laughs> just don't no, understand period. That's how. it. That's Yeah, yeah. Yeah. How. I also want to drop another thing that I hated <laughs> that was just like a weird throwaway line was that like the Indian woman was like, oh, um, yeah, like the person who created the algorithm, like killed herself because she didn't want to ever create anything like that ever again. And I was like, and then they don't ever like, it's just not mentioned again. And I'm like, what? Like, yeah. Okay. So I think, I think like maybe for me, it's just like the lack of the true villains. And by the true villains, I mean like the people from the future sending back inverted material, like those, like that is bothersome for me because I don't understand why are they sending back inverted? Well, I guess, they also kind of half explain why they're sending back inverted material because they're mm. like the world's ending, climate change, overpopul excuse me, overpopulation. Like, so we just want to like stop it before it happens. And then and they're like, but we don't know what will happen if we stop things before it happens. The yeah. grandfather paradox. Yeah. Well, so it's just all this like wishy-washy circular bullshit. I'm like, it's a lot Dude. of like time theory. Um right. and they play around with uh actually the same kind of time travel that Endgame uses, Avengers Endgame, where it's yeah. if, you, if something happens in the past that destroy that would potentially destroy the future, would it destroy the future? The answer being no, because we still exist. And that, that means our future still right. is here. And that's why you can't erase someone. They're playing around with that theory, but they're also playing around with the looper theory, which is, if you kill yourself, you disappear. Right. <laughs> you know? So it's like, which is it? Uh, which which is it? But yeah. And it's kind of like taking the whole uh, uh, 
the whole uh what, what, what is it uh string theory mm-hmm. that they use in interstellar oh my god and then they're like going but what if there was also another theory and another theory and another theory and another theory we don't know and i'm like it would help if you did yeah. because I'm confused. Right. If you don't have any rules to time travel, how can you write a movie about rules for time travel that have to follow? Yeah. Like the rules of time travel. So that yeah. was like my big thing was that like, I didn't really understand like the, and the, the first time I watched it, I really didn't understand like how inversion or inverted of anything worked. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is dumb. And then the second time how I watched the it, styles well, no, I knew how the turnstiles worked. It was more like, I was like, wait, so like, it's the Neil thing. The Neil thing I was confused about, but yeah. now I kind of get it. Um, And now the second time I'm like, how does the math problem and his cancer relate? Like, I don't, I don't understand. No, it's, the, it's, the algorithm. It's the, the machine, Alex. The fidget it's toy. A, the fidget machine that is linked to time. God damn. Gets blown up in the past. It was so confusing. And destroys everything. Maybe right? we'll watch it a third time and we'll revisit this episode and we'll be like, we figured it out. And we'll look like that meme from like Charlie from It's Always Sunny mm. where he's pointing at the, yeah. the whiteboard and that's going to be us. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a theory out there that there's no such thing as a bad movie because if you watch a movie enough times, you'll start to like it. Wrong. Do you have a movie that you just... That I don't like. That you've watched a million times and you... I'm trying to think of a movie I've watched a million times that I don't like. That you started off that you didn't like and then started liking? I can't think of a movie that I've watched more than once that I didn't like. Because mm-hmm. usually if I watch see a movie I don't like... You don't watch it again, You don't right? watch it again. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 that's an interesting theory where like, you can go and you go, I hate this movie. Um, I was listening to this other podcast, no plug here, um, where this person was like, oh, I watched Skyscraper Sky- 10 times, the one with The Rock. Oh, God. Yeah, he was he watched it about five or 10 times, something like that. And he was like, it's not that bad. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I hated it when I first watched it. And after the fifth time, it's still not great, but I like it. That's so funny. <laughs> I guess you're right, because then you find like you find some joy in the in the crap, in the crap, yeah, you know, like it's like uh, the second time watching Tenet, you can go, okay, well, I know the story a little bit better. I can focus on the the things that I like, the and algorithm, I, and I love Robert Pattinson, and I love the choreography, and I love the music, and yeah, I love. Robert Pattinson, and I. <laughs> <laughs> what? So, what is the thing you wanted me to do? Ah. Oh God! <laughs> Space right now. Full spoilers ahead. I want you to explain. Oh, she knows. I want you to explain the plot no. of Tenet. No. <laughs> so it all started. Starting from the very beginning and ending at the end. I think you have to. And, <laughs> and if you do it correctly, Alex, we can play this podcast in reverse. And it'll, and it'll the be the same. same. It'll be the same. <laughs> okay. Do you want me to like? Do you want me to start from chronologically in the film or chronologically watching the film? I want you to start. Wait, what do you mean chronologically in the film? So you know how like we've talked about how to get away with murder, and we're always like, it all started with Frank's ki- like Frank's sister or something twenty years ago. No, nah, we don't have to go that deep. Okay. 
Um, unless you're up for it. No, because I can't. Because uh, I don't know what who who came first, the chicken or the egg. Yeah, that's that's the other. That's another. That's another time travel theory that right. does gets glossed over. Um, okay, I can start from the beginning. I want you to explain beat for beat what the hell happens in Tenet. God damn it. Okay, so there's a opera house. Yeah. I don't even think they're doing opera. I think they're doing like a concert, like a or- or- orchestral concert. And <laughs> we're off to a great start. <laughs> <laughs> so they're doing a concert. And then like these like people come and bomb the concert. And there's a guy up in the top and he's like, oh crap. And you like don't know who this guy is. He's not important. It doesn't matter. You just know that the like team that's coming in that includes John David Washington's character is going to save that guy. And so he goes in there and he says like a code about, um, oh God, what was the code? They say it a couple of times. Doesn't matter. So he goes in, he says the code. <laughs> and then he's like, I gotta save this guy. And he goes and saves the guy and he saves everybody in the opera house. And then he ends up getting captured by like Russians potentially. Ukrainian. Ukrainians. I think Ukrainian. Somebody European. And you don't know though, like if he's CIA. If he's FBI, like you just know that he's like this badass dude that like goes and does these kinds of, does this kind of work. Yeah. And then he dies, but then wakes up and he's not dead. Yes. Because the pill is a test and the test is for tenant. And he's on a boat with a man that you don't ever see again. And he's like, you have to do this hand signal and say this word and it'll get you into the right doors. And then he goes and stays in a lighthouse for like, an extended period of time. Okay. And gets picked up. It's very Bioshock. Yeah. Gets picked up, goes to find, somehow knows to go find the doc, the scientist lady. Oh, it's because it was the GPS. It was in the car GPS. Yeah. Okay. And so, and so then the scientist lady and him have that whole exchange about inversion. And she's like, it's going to be World War Three, And it's very nonchalant stupid. And I'm trying to remember what happens right after that. Oh, then he he goes to India because he does uh, like, which is dumb that nobody else thought to do this before him. But he was like, can I have a comp? Like, can you do an analysis on the metals so that I know the combination of metals where the bullet was made? And like, nobody else thought to do that before. No, not at all. Whatever. <laughs> the protagonist did it. Freaking, speak, so. yeah, fake. Stupid. So then he goes and he meets Robert Pattinson but in the very beginning, I forgot the whole thing in the very beginning. He gets saved by the guy with the little red keychain in the, in the opera house, in the opera house yeah. which is important because he looks at the red keychain. Period. Which is, which is something that you'll need to remember later. And so he meets Robert Pattinson and Robert Pattinson knows that he likes diet soda. And he orders him a diet soda, which is like another little like, hmm, who is this man? Why does he know everything? And why does he know all this stuff? And then he ends up talking to the Indian arms dealer lady who, oh gosh, who tells him about Seder. And then he goes and he finds, and tells him about like the cat and how cat's like the, the art lady and that he like should go get like an art piece to get in with her. And then he says the best line in the whole movie when he meets cat, which is, 
I was gonna. I thought I was gonna give you a chance to say it, which is when he goes into the kitchen and he's oh, like, "Oh, I thought it were, I think when he meets Cat. No, no, no. No, after he meets Cat and he has dinner with her. Yeah, uh, and then she Andre like shows up and yeah. Well, Andre doesn't show up. Andre's but, men show up, and, and then he goes into the kitchen to beat them up. But before he does that, he says, "I've been waiting for my hot sauce for an hour." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Close. I think it was like I ordered my hot sauce an hour ago, and then he beats oh, the yeah. fuck out of these people, which one. is the best fight scene in the whole movie, my opinion. Besides the like inverted one. Oh my god, the I, there's so much I have to talk about. There is. This is we're we so, have to, we have time. Then he, God, what does he do after that? All right, so now <laughs> I don't even remember. He goes and meets Cat again, and he's like, "Hey, guess what? I was right. I didn't die." <laughs> oh, you have to help me meet your husband. Yeah, and then, like, she, yeah. he meets Andre, and Andre thinks, oh, yeah, then they go on the boat. <laughs> and then he meets Andre, and Andre thinks that they're fucking, but they're not. And then Kat tries to kill him right then and there, and she gets mad, and she's like, why'd you save him? And he's like, because I need him. And then he gets handed a bloody piece of gold to go steal plutonium, because the opera house was very important because the opera house was also where plutonium was. And so that's why he's like, he needs the plutonium. And so Andre goes and sends him off to steal the plutonium. And then they're in like the art thing. I don't remember what happens. That happens like before he gets handed the bloody gold. They crash the- The art thing? Yeah, they crash the plane into the art thing because- um, No, they don't. They were investigating, like Seder goes there all the time. And they're like, no, I know why? why, but like, did that happen before? That happened way before, yeah. That was the. That, oh my god, this the- movie's really long, guys. It's two and a half hours long. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay, well, they do the whole art thing, which is like a very cool scene because they're. It's really funny that they just like have to hold their breath for so long. Um, yeah, they're investigating what. Like what he's keeping. Oh yeah, I remember. Yeah. They're investigating what he's keeping at the center of the art place. I don't remember what it's called. Like the a turnstile. No, 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 no. The name of the art thing. Oh, it's like a. I don't know. It's. I call it the gallery. It's not a gallery. But it's not a gallery. It had a special name. But they are going there because Cat was like he keeps up. He like goes to this place and has where there's a lot of art, but like he's not storing art there, he's storing something else. Mm -hmm. And it ends up being one of the inversion turnstiles. They just don't know that. Yeah. And so out comes the, out of the inversion turnstile comes- A guy. Comes a guy who we end up finding out is future protagonist, trying to just run away from past protagonist and past protagonist, but really, but in future protagonists, like mind he gets swept in from the plane explosion Mm -hmm. and it's him just going into the inversion yeah like to go turnstile please beat by beat right and so (laughs) but like well i'm not gonna do all that i know i guess i have to because the reason why they go back is so important yeah (laughs) anyway so you're doing great by the way god so past past protagonist beats up or try like fights a uh, future protagonist and then future protagonist unknown to the past right he doesn't know but um neil finds out that it's the protagonist but he doesn't say anything and he lets him get away yeah he lets him get away and he doesn't say anything because neil knows about inversion but he just hasn't said anything to pr- the protagonist yet yeah. and so all right then they meet andre and then they go on the boat and then she tries to kill him and then she's like ma and then the gold and then he goes and steals the plutonium from which is a cool scene too with all of the trucks and stuff. Yeah. Um, 
he gets the plutonium, but then when he's getting the, you're right. Yeah. But then when he's getting the plutonium, he ends up like something happens. Oh my God. When he's getting the plutonium, this is when they start inverting. And so this is where I get confused. Yeah. So at this point, like we're, we've hit what, like the midpoint of the movie is like the middle, I would say. I think so. Because I think when he inverts for the first time is like the that's, middle of the That's movie. supposed to be like the change. Um, so Andre basically is holding his wife hostage. That's what it is. And yeah. he's like, you need to give me the plutonium right. or else I'm going to kill her. Yeah. And so then he saves the wife. But then Andrea somehow gets a hold of her again. That's the part where I don't remember how he gets a hold oh, of her again. Oh, because during that whole sequence, like, because after he saves her, um, after uh, the protagonist saves Kat, mm-hmm. there's this big shootout oh, at yeah. the intersection. Oh, yeah, and then he grabs and her. And then they get grabbed. Yeah, and so then, like, the protagonist is being held on one side of the inversion chamber while Andre and his wife are on the other. Yeah. And then she gets shot. And so protagonist goes in and out to grab her, but then he realizes that like if she brings her back while she has an in- while she has an inverted bullet wound, she's gonna die faster. But if mm-hmm. they go back onto the other side where she's inverted, she'll die slower or she'll have a better chance of being saved, basically. Yeah. So then they go back and they're like, How many days do you need for it to be like for her to heal? And they're like, Oh, about a week. And they're like, Oh, you know what will be exactly a week? If we take a shipping freight, no, no, no. If we take a shipping freight from where we are now to Oslo, which is where that gallery was, which you know where they have there, a turnstile. And so that's how future protagonists and past protagonists end up having that dope fight scene. Um, And so they end up sitting in that freight for a week because with her there or with Kat there so that she can heal, basically. They literally do that whole scene just so that she cannot die. Yeah. And then they end up going back forward through time to, oh God, what do they do after that? I think then they start training to like do the whole algorithm thing. Yeah, because the thing with the, they, so they're now going forward in time from that standpoint. This movie, guys. Um, but they need to they need to go back in time more because it turns out that on the day of the opera house siege is when the end of the world is happening. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because that's when Andre apparently had planned his death because and we know that because Kat was like, oh, we were on a trip in Vietnam. And when I came back to the boat, Andrea disappeared. And I don't know where he went. Mm-hmm. But we know where he went because Kat killed, future Kat killed him. Please beat by beat. So <laughs> anyway, so they end up doing this training thing or they end up being on this big boat and Kat's there. And he's like, you know, Kat, you need to go back to your Vietnam trip so that you can distract Andre so that he doesn't kill himself too early because if he kills himself too early, then, or if he kills himself while the algorithm is like put together, then the world ends. Yeah. So you need to give us time so For, that. Yeah, to defuse everything. Yeah. And then you can kill him. And then you can kill him. And so like she's doing that while they're fighting invisible, you know, people that you don't ever see. And you see them just shooting at people, but yeah. you don't see who they're shooting at, which is another weird thing. You never see the, you never see the people they're fighting. Yeah. But then. <laughs> The interesting part is that when um, the protagonist gets into the middle of the 
like little hole or whatever. Like, I don't know how to okay. describe it. Um, <laughs> he sees a dead body and on the dead body is the red keychain from the beginning of the movie in the opera house. And you're like, yo, who has the red keychain? We don't know because then it ends up inverting and or going back through time. And so then the body ends up dying again or whatever. And so the wife, Kat, ends up killing Andre early because she's like, I hate you. You son of a bitch. Yeah. You're the worst. I can't let you feel like you won. So I'm going to kill you. And then like she drops him off the side of the boat and it's really gross and I love it. Um, and then she dives off like a badass. And then they end up saving the algorithm and all that. And then what you've been waiting for. And then. If you're as confused as we are, well. Yeah. Maybe this isn't the movie for you. So <laughs> they've saved the algorithm or t- saved it out of the hole or whatever before the explosion. They, it's like Neil, the protagonist, and that one guy, Ives. And they're all taking parts of the, um, they're like thinking about taking parts of the algorithm and going and like burying it across time, across the world, so that this way it's not put back together. But they remembered that inside that little hole thing where the guy was with the red keychain, somebody had to go pick the lock so that the door could be open. And the only lock pick that they know that works that fast is Neil, which means that Neil has to go back through an inversion thing to go back in time to go pick the lock. And as the protagonist is realizing Neil's going to go die, yeah, he turns around and he sees that Neil has a backpack with the same red keychain on it, which means that Neil is the person that saved the protagonist's life in the beginning of the movie at the opera house. Mind blown. And then you're like, wait. How did he know how to do that? And then Neil and the protagonist have that whole exchange about how he's like, well, you know, for you, protagonist, like this is the beginning of our story. For me, this is the end of our friendship. I've known you for years and years and years. And I know that you've only just met me right now, but you're going to meet me again at some point. And so the last scene cuts to Kat and the son, the oh so important son, which to me, insinuates that Neil is Kat's son. Yeah, same. And so he, like, uh, the protagonist is now going to, like, raise Neil and meet Neil and teach Neil about inversion and all of that stuff. Um, And then, like, Neil will have a chance to go back and save his life so that they can meet again in in the future, which which will actually be, like, in Neil's future, but the protagonist's past. Yes. Boom, mic drop. Which, like, that ending is a very Christopher Nolan-esque ending, yeah. you know, like, in the end of is Prestige. Is it him? Is it not him? Right. Yeah. Well, it's like, you know, in the end of Prestige, where Jack, um, Hugh Jackman's character is like, yeah, I've done a lot of bad stuff. You don't need to go into my, like, you know, basement to see all the bad things. And then you end up seeing all of the dead clones of him. And yeah. you're like, oh, my God, he's just been killing them this whole time. You know, like, yeah. like that is the the ending is, like. Well, it's very, I, I would equate it more to the Inception ending of, like, uh, DiCaprio oh, yeah. flips the top. And yeah, like, does the top topple? Does it stay? Who and knows? Like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, yeah. Because he's so, not looking at it. That is my rendition that was on good. Tenet. That was good. I like that. It was very hard to do. But yeah. that now, plot can you twist. Do it, can you do it chronologically now? Like uh, from the beginning all the way to the end um, for our viewers at home? So Neil was born. 
<clears throat> to an arms dealer and a woman that only cares about her son. Okay, you don't have to. Yeah. I'm over it. But yeah, like, that plot twist at the end. I, we caught, I think, the first time. Because mm-hmm. I think we were like, oh, that's what it's insinuating. That, like, Neil is, Neil is the kid. Because you never learn the kid's name. Yeah. And you realize, like, the whole entire time I'm, like, annoyed that you don't know the kid's name or that you don't see his face or whatever. But it's intentional. Yeah. And that's what I talked about at the beginning. Is well, that, they like, drop a line, like, when, in, like, Neil's first line to the protagonist is, like, oh, would you, would you kill a mother and her son? Right. And he was, like, no. Yeah. Like, it's that whole, like, illusion. Illusion or illusion? It's alluding to it. Yeah. Yeah, it's a foreshadow. Yeah, it is. So that I really liked because, you know, Nolan. Nolan likes uh, ambiguity. Yeah. I think, so final thoughts on this movie. I, I feel like the more I watch it, uh, the more I'll like it. Yeah, same. Which actually makes it worth uh, a buy for me. Yeah. Um, I can't help thinking this movie would have been way better as a TV show. Like a miniseries. Yeah, not a, not, in a, not an extending TV show where it's like season after season after season, mm-hmm. but like a six episode. Yeah. Yeah. Like what the um, third day was. Yeah. I think it would have been so... Third Day on HBO, by the way, is very good. It's a bizarre film. It's uh, bizarre. bizarre TV show. It's very good. Yeah, I agree. I think Nolan is really good at creating films with rewatch value. Mm-hmm. And he, yeah, he's just... Like, even when it's bad, like with Tenet, where, I mean, if you had to give it a score out of 10, like... Like a 7. You give it about a 7. But mostly it goes down because of the convolutedness and the, like, a couple scenes where they're, like, talking. And I'm like, I don't... Why are you having this yeah. weird conversation? Yeah, I genuinely think it's not his best. Yeah. How would you rank it in Nolan films? I think it's better than Memento. Not as good as Inception. Oh, you didn't like Memento? I didn't like Memento. I would say it's it's not as good as Memento. I really? Yeah. I I think I think it's my least favorite. Dang. And that's only so it's not better than any other Nolan movie. I don't think it's better than the Nolan movie. I'd have to look at all of them. And that's just me. That's that's me like going. It's just hard to understand. And like I can understand all the other Christopher Nolan movies. I guess. Like I I think it's just like I think the I think it's the weakest script. In dialogue from from a dialogue perspective and like a storytelling perspective. I think it's the weakest. That's fair. That I can understand. Okay. Well, if you're gonna watch this movie, like we said, you can rent it on Please do. It's it's not it's worth a watch. Just Turn on the subtitles. Yeah, rent it on Amazon, spend those $6, turn it on the subtitles, then watch it again the next night with the subtitles a little bit bigger too, just so you can... Yeah, I wish we had bigger subtitles. Yeah, just so that you can rewatch <laughs> it again. I do think this movie is worth watching twice because the first yeah. time you're going to have lots of questions and then the second time it's like, hmm, yeah, okay, it- I think I get it. So I know we're probably going to watch it again at some point just mm-hmm. to fully understand the whole algorithm ending, but... Well, yeah, and then we, we'll do this podcast. And again. then we'll just reshoot this episode. Yeah. So, oh you know. God, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, thanks for tuning in. You can follow us on Instagram at Pod. 
and let us know what you think. Give us some love there. We'd love to get some feedback from you guys. Uh, And that's that. Bye-bye. Bye.